Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The Incomparable, number 659, March 2023. Welcome back to The Incomparable. I am Cicero Holmes, your host for this episode where we talk about The Last of Us. Season one, and that's what we're here to talk about today. And I'm not going to talk about it by myself. I could for hours, right? You guys have heard me before, um, but I'm not going to do that today. Instead, I'm going to use uh, my friends who are going to talk about it with me. And uh, I guess I should introduce them. And the first one that I'll introduce is the leader of the Fireflies. Uh, well, at least... Uh, that's what I heard. It's a rumor. Uh, I'm not sure, but maybe she can, uh, you know, uh, verify that for us. It's Erica Ensign. Ah, I can neither confirm nor deny that I am the leader of the Fireflies. Smart. Very smart. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, that voice you heard is running a an outpost that nobody knows. Uh, that is Guy English. Hi, Guy. How you doing? <laughs> I was so fearful I was going to be the owner of... Todd Steakhouse. <laughs> so, thank you. No problem. Uh, and uh, that laugh you heard, uh, she's got a mission. Uh, and she only knows that she can trust one person to help her with that mission. And that's Annette Wister. How are you doing, Annette? I'm good. Is it you that I can trust? I'm not uh, sure. Well, yeah, no one, no one is really sure. No um, one. But uh, yeah, so here, you know, here we are talking about uh, season one of The Last of Us on HB that that aired on HBO Max. Last of Us is a video game that is, well, it, it you know, the, the, the show takes a 20 year leap. This game took a 10 year leap. It's 10 years since the game was released on the PlayStation 3 to when it actually aired on HBO, HBO Max. Um, this game is, was released on the PlayStation 3, re-released on the PlayStation 4, uh, and has been released on the PlayStation 5 and will be released uh, on PCs coming very soon. Uh, so, and this, this, this television show did a really good job, or at least did a job of taking the game and creating a show out of that game, almost you know, not necessarily shot for shot, but but story beat for, for story beat. So I guess the first question I'll ask everyone is: Had you played the game, uh, guy? I'll I'll start with you. Have you did you play the game before before watching the show? I did. Uh, I okay. loved it. I did not play it when it came out. When it came out was what two thousand three, I think. No. no, 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 it was No, I'm getting mixed up due to the dates in the game. 2010, something like that. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have a console at that point. Uh, I used to make games, uh, and then I got very sick of that. <laughs> I just didn't have consoles <laughs> or play games at all, because that's a grueling business. Uh, and I came to it finally. I bought uh, I bought a PlayStation for that Spider-Man game that came out. Yes. Uh, and then, it, which was 
great and a lot of fun, and I highly recommend it. Uh, a little bit lighter subject matter than today's fair. Uh, and then I went back and I bought all like the the stable of uh, uh, like amazing PlayStation games that I missed out on, which basically is Naughty Dog games. Like there's uh, The Last of Us and um, Uncharted. And The yes. Last of Us was incredible to me. It was really eye-opening. Uh, Uncharted 2, to a lesser degree, because it's you're basically doing a fancy Tomb Raider. Uh, not, not that's very diminishing, and I shouldn't say it like that. But The Last of Us was, holy cow, that's uh, just really amazing storytelling. Uh, it sort of elevated what games could be in a lot of ways. And it did so not just with cutscenes, and then you go around bashing zombie heads in, although there's that. Uh, not just with crafting stuff, although there's plenty of that. Um, but with environmental storytelling and like finding little things in the world that made it so rich and, and full. Uh, and just the central theme just captured me immediately. And I, I loved it from from the minute I started playing. I mean, loving it is maybe that's hard to say because it's scary. and It, kind of, <laughs> it made me very upset at times, but uh, I was completely engaged. It consumed me like fungus. Oh, oh, well, well said. Uh, and I see what you did there. Uh, 2013, 2013 is when uh, The Last of Us released on the PlayStation 3. So, uh, yeah, so we are hitting the 10th anniversary in a couple of months. Uh, Erica, did had you played the game before? <laughs> sort of. Uh, actually, <laughs> I, I will I will plug a previous episode of The Incomparable, episode 208, The Good People Are Dead Already, is the name of that episode, uh, <laughs> was when The Incomparable covered the game, The Last of Us, and J- Jason actually shipped me a PlayStation 3 and the game so that I could play the game and be a part of this episode because I was interested in it. I was like, oh, you know, I'm, zombie stuff isn't like my favorite thing, but I'm interested. And I... I could tell it was a very well-made game, but I kind of bounced off of it because I just felt like the the difficulty level was too hard for what mm. I was in the mood for at the time. And like, mm. you know, I I play a lot of console games. I didn't have a PS3. I'm, I'm in the Xbox ecosystem, man. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it just it kind of like didn't grab me like it sounds like it grabbed Guy. And part of it was like I read a lot of science fiction stuff, a lot of post-apocalyptic stuff, a lot of dystopia stuff. and while the story was interesting to me, it wasn't anything like it it didn't seem too terribly removed from stuff that I had already read and watched and and listened to and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, you know what? I am not enjoying this in, enough to finish playing the game and be on this episode. So I'm sorry, Jason, that you shipped me this PlayStation. <laughs> uh, but later, Syracuse has sent me Journey and I got to play that. And that was that was pretty sweet. Um, so uh, so I, I have some familiarity with the game. Uh, I wasn't even actually going to watch the show except that they shot it in Alberta. So I was like, OK, well, now I live in Alberta, <laughs> so I need to watch this show. And Stephen, my spouse enjoyed the show so much that he was like screw it i'm buying a refurbished ps4 and this game so he ended up playing all the way through the game up until the point where we had just watched episode eight so he played all the way through until the end of episode eight stopped then we watched the final episode the next week um and then uh the end of it and then he played the rest of the game and then immediately ordered the second game so i have seen most of the game because I watched it over Steven's shoulder <laughs> on the second TV while I was doing whatever on the first TV uh, in the living room. So I have a lot of familiarity with the game, but not not as much as Guy and in a very different way. <laughs> and that, what about you? What what was your uh, familiarity with with the game? 
it like I also live in Alberta, like Erica. So the first I heard of the game was like news stories because it was a huge deal that this was being filmed here. I think it's one of the biggest budget shows that has has been filmed in Alberta. Mm-hmm. And so the and it was really dramatically changing the landscape around different parts of the province. And so we'd get like news stories, seeing like little clips of what they've done to our legislature or streets or whatever. And so I was like, what is this about? And I was super intrigued because I actually love zombies and post-apocalyptic stuff. So I was really interested I have checked with Steven, who is my, um, he vets games for me because Mm -hmm. he knows I get really bored with fighting and I don't want to fight too much in a game. And he's like, there's too much fighting. You're not going to like this game. (laughs) Yep. So I would like to do what Erica did and like watch it while he played. That would probably be interesting. But I'm like, I'm not going to play it because I get too, I get too like, it's too hard. Will someone pass the boss for me? Uh, (laughs) I can't do this fighting. I just want to solve puzzles. So it's not that kind of game. But having seen a lot of the clips and people doing like side by sides and listen, so I've been, you know, paying attention to what people I don't want to get spoiled too much for what's coming. But uh, for what in the first game, it looks like really cool and interesting. And I sort of wish I was that person who would play it. But I will just get really frustrated, I think, because I don't think I'm good enough at games to do the fighting. Interesting that you say that, Annette, um, because I play a lot of video games. I play Mm -hmm. a lot of video games, uh, and I talk about a lot of video games. Um, And I played The Last of Us for about four hours. And then I was like, you know what? I don't want to play this anymore. Right. Cheers. <laughs> right? Like, right. Like, uh, yeah, you're sneaking around and you're crafting things and that's really cool. And I get it. But this story is very compelling. But this gameplay w- is probably very compelling for a lot of people. It is not compelling for me. Mm-hmm. Um it's difficult and it's arduous and you're like, oh my God, please let me find some broken scissors so I can fashion some kind of like <laughs> right. crazy device. Right, and exactly. Like, <laughs> that bit, that bit did wear on me. I don't, yeah. I, I don't play MMO, uh, massively multiplayer stuff. I don't do any of that like grindy right. RPG kind of stuff. It just doesn't right. call to me. And this game's got a fair amount of that. Yes. But I think part of me was just so relieved to not be getting attacked by these crazy infected all the time that I'm like, I will, I'm going to open every drawer in this house because I, right. I don't want to go anywhere else. Right. I may find, yeah. I may yeah. Find there was a, a lot of scrounging. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So what I wound up doing was, uh, you know, I got to a point where I felt like, all right, I understand the mechanics of this game. I just want to see the story. And I went to YouTube and I just watched the cutscenes. Um, oh, and that's a good idea, actually. And, I would uh, yeah. And, and I really got, I got everything that I, f- I felt I needed from this game, uh, doing it that way. And, and, um, it was, the story was incredible. And, you know, and if there's, if there is one thing that Insomniac, Insomniac makes great games. Um, uh, Naughty Dog also makes great games, but if there's one thing that Naughty Dog is, is known for is, uh, bringing cinematic style narratives to the game, to the gaming space. Uh, and they really, they really broke the mold with the last of us. So it was, it was, I was very, very interested 
in what this show was going to be um, or uh, how it was going to turn out um, uh, once I heard that it was it was being that it was being made and, and turned into a live action series. Uh, let's let's what is everyone's thoughts? Uh, we know what everyone's thoughts on the game were. What is everyone's thoughts on the show as a whole? Annette, what did you think of season one as a whole? I was hooked immediately. Um, I just thought the story was intriguing. It moves quickly enough, but it, it still takes the time for a lot of character development. I always say that, you know, I really like action. I like horror stuff. But I always kind of want to see, for me, what sells me is characters and relationships and character development and how do they evolve. And there's so many people that get introduced and might only show up for an episode or so, but I feel like they they portray them in a really with a lot of depth that they feel really well-rounded. And um, it really uh, kept me hooked. And some of the people I thought might last a little longer just based on who the actor was. And so that also gave a lot of stakes, I think, because you really didn't know who was going to survive. And so there were stakes, there was good characterization. And I loved seeing my hometown turned into a zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. So that was super <laughs> fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, well, one one thing that I'll say about the, about the show is, is that all of the characters felt like they were part of the world, right? It didn't mm-hmm. feel yeah. like cameos. It felt like these were people that were part of the world. So, uh yeah, I think uh your your notice of the of their gravitas is is well as well uh well put. Erica, what what do you think of the show overall as as a I, season? I was so glad that they shot this freaking show in Alberta because like I said, I might not have watched it otherwise <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. Uh I mean, it's it's interesting cuz earlier in the <laughs> In the uh, in the episode here, guy said he you know maybe enjoy is the wrong word for playing the game, and I feel like at times that was also the case yeah. for the show <laughs> mm-hmm. because there were times where it was hard to watch, but it was hard to watch because they were doing such a good job. And right. I think there's there's not a lot of television that actually overlaps between Stephen, my spouse, and I in terms of what we what we want to watch. So it was really fun to have. A, a this appointment television show that we watched together and his enjoyment of it like i said so much so that he bought a ps4 and the game uh it, it was just really nice to have something that we could sit down and watch together not like you know fungus zombies are like super heartwarming for for us as a couple <laughs> but i guess i guess it works um date night yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, and, the show is all about love, right? So in the end. It's true. Yeah. It is. Uh, and then, yeah, so I, I really enjoyed all of it. And I think, I mean, I was I was definitely hooked by all of the Alberta stuff, especially like the most of the Edmonton stuff is kind of at the beginning and there's a little bit at the end. And uh, I will say that this may be the only time that I will ever see the building that I work in for my day job on television uh that was exciting the extra exciting thing was that it looked ancient and crumbly and it had moss and vines and crap all over and it looked terrible (laughs) and i took some serious pleasure in that and also the building that i work in has two towers and i'm pretty sure that they just like erased the tower that that i work in and in my head canon it's it fell down and that made me very happy too so this show has brought me joy in multiple realms and i appreciate that so somewhere somewhere in the rubble is uh Erica's fidget spinner. 
uh, yeah. from her desk. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, uh, Guy, what did, what did you think of the season overall? I think if you told me that they were going to do a Last of Us show, I would have said that's a bad idea. Uh, I think changing anything between mediums is difficult, right? Uh, I think Sadman did a pretty well recently yeah. on Netflix. Uh, but that that's a heavy lift, right? Like that, I don't know how long that was in development or not that particular thing, but let's the idea mm-hmm. of that. Doing it is tough uh, because in a lot of ways, the things that make something great are part of the medium in which it was created. Uh, There's a reason I brought up the environmental storytelling of the game. Uh, that's difficult to do on TV. Uh, like you don't get a lot of time to shuffle around and read letters between two people who are now long dead. That's not a thing that happens on TV. Um, that said, uh, <laughs> when I found out it was Craig Mason doing it, uh, I've been listening to his show Skip Notes for years and years, like prior to Chernobyl. Uh, John August is like, um, I don't want to say he's a friend of mine. He's, <laughs> we correspond occasionally. He's spoken at the conference at event. He's a very, very smart guy. And he's the, the, the co-host of Skip Notes. Uh, so I, I had known Craig to be an incredible, thoughtful, and uh, deep thinker about the way characters are written, about the way things are done, even before Chernobyl came out. And then Chernobyl, uh, I think, really... <laughs> flip the switch on Craig Mason and it's like, oh, he he's not just the guy that writes Hangover 2 and scary movies. <laughs> this guy's got chops. Like, he's got real serious chops. Uh, and so I felt better then. And knowing that uh, Neil Druckmann, the the uh, the guy from Naughty Dog, the Right. I guess the author, the guy, the writer, whoever. Right, right. Yeah, he's the creative, creative director of the game yeah. and one of the creators of the studio, so... Yeah, yeah. There's it's a big weird hat, and games kind of map onto uh, movies a little bit, but not quite because the roles are all different and multidisciplinary. It doesn't matter. Long story short, that guy it was attached. I'm like, okay, this seems pretty good. What do I think about the season? I think that they could not really have done that much of a better job. Uh, I know some people wanted more zombies. And I am not those people, <laughs> right? <laughs> to, to which, I, to which I say, I don't think you got the show quite as like it's not really. It's not about the zombies, dude. Uh, mm-hmm. I loved it. I think they they really nailed it. I think if anything, the show worked so well because they took what the story, the heart of what the game was trying to say, and uh, redid it. In, in a different medium, but boil, like boiled it down to its essence and then brought it over. And things that worked in the game, things that work like hits, uh, there's a reason there's so many side-by-side comparisons. Like when scenes work, they work. And uh, I think one of the really smart things about Craig Mason is uh, he just didn't change it. He's like, that works perfectly. Why would we change something that's perfect? So they kept it. Initial trepidation, as soon as I saw the first episode, I was hooked. And I think they stuck the landing. Uh, an incredible season television. Uh, one of the best things I've seen in many, many years. Uh, probably better than Watchmen, which was another HBO wow. thing and another adaptation. Well, better. I, it's it's on the it's on the same shelf of things. It's like you know what? It's dumb yeah. to compare these two things. They're both sure. too amazing. You know, it's it's up there for me. Yeah, well, what Watchmen the TV show? I mean, specifically, yes. not the yeah, 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 yeah. Watchmen TV show, which uh, uh, yeah, highly recommend. 
I think we, yeah, we we definitely talk about it here on Incomparable, but I don't have that. I'm not Jason, so I don't have an encyclopedia, encyclopedic <laughs> knowledge of, stuff. <laughs> of our episodes. Um, but but yeah, I, I, I'll say that I was very excited for this uh, series because of what I said previously, which is that, you know, Naughty Dog has a penchant for making very cinematic style uh games right so and and part of the reason that i was able to walk away from playing the game and just watching the events of the game and felt comfortable doing so was because they were so good at naughty dog as a, as a as a studio was so good at at writing and um and uh, conveying emotion through storytelling, through cutscenes, and in fact, if if you know if people aren't aware, in the game, the all of the actors were motion captured, uh, so they were in a studio actually acting out all of the cutscenes, and they were just in bodysuits, and those those performances were motion captured and then digitized for for the game. So that's why they felt so real uh, in the game, and I think. It really aided in translating those uh, emotions and those events to the small screen or to, you know, to streaming to HBO Max. Hey, everybody, it's Jason. Time to take a break from this episode and tell you about our sponsor this week. The Incomparable is brought to you by the good people at ExpressVPN. Watching Netflix without using ExpressVPN is like playing your favorite game is it The Last of Us? I don't know. And not using all the power-ups. Why limit yourself when there's so much more fun to be had? So let me tell you. I don't know if you know this, but some streaming services have different content libraries for every country. So there are shows available in other countries that aren't available in your country. And with a VPN, you can change countries uh, and you can get them. If that makes you feel uncomfortable, actually... It makes me feel a little uncomfortable. That's okay. Here's another example. How about this one? I just went to New Zealand for two weeks, and I still wanted to watch Star Trek Picard on Paramount+. Plus. I still wanted to watch uh, The Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus. although I think that maybe is available in New Zealand. Anyway, I didn't have to worry. Like, what's on HBO Max? I wanted to watch John Oliver on HBO Max. I wanted to watch Picard on Paramount+. Plus. VPN via ExpressVPN was the solution. Suddenly, I'm not in New Zealand. I'm in Los Angeles, let's say. And it one tap on my iPad to do that. And then everything worked normally. I didn't get any alerts saying, watch out, you're in another country. That's the beauty of ExpressVPN. So, yeah, if you want to experiment, I mean, like... Uh, I don't want you to hear about it on the street corner, right? I don't. I don't want to. You, you pick it up at school. You got to. You got to hear it from me, a voice of authority. If you want to experiment in a safe space with what different Netflix libraries exist, you can do that. If you feel like you want to try it, you can try it. it you're safe here. But I will tell you, as an international traveler, it was also super awesome to go back home and get the stuff that I pay for back home when I'm traveling really, really great. And ExpressVPN, again, apps on your iPhone, your iPad, your Mac, wherever. One tap is all it took. One tap and I am in Los Angeles and not where I actually am, which is Wellington, New Zealand, right? Not now. I'm not there now, but I was there then. And and Paramount Plus didn't know and they didn't care because it's, hey, it's your buddy Jason. Well, let me see my Star Trek episode, okay? Now, you may be saying to yourself, well, wait a second, VPNs, I've tried those. 
You can't stream HD video on a VPN. Were you watching John Oliver and a little postage stamp on HBO Max? No. ExpressVPN has blazing fast speed. I was able to stream in HD. There was no buffering. I did it on my iPad because that's what I brought with me to New Zealand. But if I wanted to watch on my iPhone or if I brought a Mac with me, it all works too. And they have servers in 94 different countries. So you can gain access to thousands of different shows if you want to play that game. Or, of course, it's got you covered if you want to come back home from any of those countries as well. So be adventurous. Or if you're an adventurous international traveler, get back home. Get your money's worth either way. I don't want to pay for Paramount Plus and then not be able to watch it for two weeks while I'm in New Zealand. Come on. Get your money's worth. ExpressVPN.com slash Snell, my last name. That's it. Don't forget to use the link. ExpressVPN.com slash Snell. Extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's right. Go to expressvpn.com slash Snell. Thank you, ExpressVPN, for supporting the incomparable. Let's talk about the characters, right? Let's talk about the 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 top the top of the list. You know, you know, our our Joel and our Ellie, uh, Pedro Pascal and and Bella Ramsey. What did uh, Annette? What was your what was your feeling on the man uh, on? You know the mask Mando being cast as <laughs> as our you know father figure in 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 this role. Okay, now you're gonna make me confess something that <laughs> might offend people. Okay, I've not watch the Mandalorian. That's quite all right. Um, even though I do want to watch Baby Yoga Yoda. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. We're calling him Baby, baby yoga, yoga from now on. Yep. Yoga, yes. yes. Baby yoga. yoga. Yeah, but, uh, namaste. So I had not had a lot of of experience with him going in, and I have to say I'm charmed by him as um like he just seems really funny and engaged with his fan base and stuff now that I'm aware of him. But um I thought he did a really good job of being able to play a lot of emotion while still being so restrained Mm -hmm. and i think that creates and he has like a like a lot of development without changing the essence of who he is or how he acts in situations but you can see the inner joel shifting a lot so i really like that but also he's kind of he can do the gun wielding uh heroic caring like you know that sort of stuff as well and it it just felt really grounded and uh yeah i think i am more intrigued by him than i would have been before because i just really didn't know all that much about him going in yeah i mean i had seen i had seen the the mandalorian because <laughs> baby yoda is on like 50 percent of the items in our house <laughs> baby yoga, yes it's uh, true i have I, I hang out with him yes it's true <laughs> that little dude is everywhere uh in this place but um it's so i was just like I, I that's the only thing i knew him from and he's got that helmet on oh, the whole wow. time so i had no right. preconceived notions going in um and yeah, his his subtlety as an actor is just absolutely I was gobsmacked at how great he was at the small like it was a a big moment with a small small action. Like mm-hmm. yeah, he he he's d- just so good at portraying a feeling without going over the top with it. And uh especially toward the end 
of the game at the game. <laughs> Here we go. It's, it's a show. It's a show. Um, I, I felt like like Annette really just you just hit that nail on the head with he he goes through some character development, but he's still he's still Joel. It's like the character development that he goes through is almost entirely based on the relationship with Ellie. And so it's like as an overall character, he hasn't changed in terms of his relationship with the world around him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a change between him and yes. this this girl that he has shepherded all the way across the, the country. And the, the bond that they develop over the course of it, it's like, he, you can tell he kind of feels it from the beginning and he really doesn't want to. And that is a wonderful facet of the of his uh, portrayal as well. Um, yeah, like like Annette, I kind of just want to go out and find all the Pedro Pascal stuff now and just watch it all because I just think he's so amazing. <laughs> I am with you on that journey. We can go yeah, together. Yeah, let's do it together. Yeah, with all, right. all our little baby Yoda stuffies. <laughs> yes. Finding, I, finding I don't Pedro. know if you two watched uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but he's in an episode. Yes, years yes. ago. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, we'll watch I didn't it again. connect it at all, but I saw that no, recently that he was in there. Yeah, yeah. Guy, yeah. guy, uh, what did you what did you think of? Uh, I liked the him casting a lot. And, I, yeah. I liked him a lot. I had seen the Mandalorian. Uh, right. I mean, if you're not into Star Wars, I don't find that necessary viewing. I enjoy it. I have a lot of fun. Right. I like talking about it. But uh, would I would I ever in, like legitimately encourage somebody to see that movie uh, that that show, even though it's out of their favorite genre? No. This I would though. And mostly, not mostly, partially, uh, due to Pedro Pascal's performance. He is incredible right from the get-go. Uh, he has so much life to that character. And I think you're both exactly right. Where he does, his character does change, but it is still anchored only in that relationship to Ellie. And I think that's well, not the point of the show. That's part of the show, right? Like, it, it is, <laughs> I, I don't want to give away my thesis for the show yet but but he's right. been infected by love and and that love Aww. binds to him and and grow and, and they grow together right and so for her he is he's all in but uh when she's not around and he's got to torture some people wow he has not changed a little bit he right. if, any, if anything he's ratcheted up like he, he's mm-hmm. he means business and you get the sense that whenever they're separated he is he is bananas. He is not a good person. Uh, mm-hmm. And you get this, like, at one point, they come across uh, an older couple played by Graham Greene, and I'm going to forget the woman's name, like, uh, Elaine Miles. Elaine Miles, thank you. Mm-hmm. Like, it was so great to, to see. I've seen both of them I before, but Graham Greene is, of course, you know, a very familiar face. Right. Um, and he doesn't torture them or anything. And I, I'm really quite confident that he's being pretty chill about it just because Ellie happens to be around. Uh, otherwise, that would have been a, a more annoying interaction <laughs> for, for, the, for, the, for the both of them, you know? But because it's like, well, I'm with my kid, so whatever. Can we just all chill out and have fun? And and their, their demeanor is such that like, okay, this is a goofy situation. Clearly, you're not going to murder us all. Like, let's just move on with life. Uh, <laughs> And I, I, he was really compelling and it worked. And I think his small actions uh, are, are sort of what sells the character, right? Like that little look in his eye, the way he turns his back to her, but he's smiling when she's, when she's telling like stupid puns. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on in his face. It is very, very subtle, but very, very well captured. Uh, 
great writing, great performance, great shot composition, just all around great for that. Yeah, I, I, I was uh, also, you know, I watched Mandalorian, and at first it was kind of confused, but I was happy because I am, a, I'm a big Pedro Pascal fan. Um, and what I noticed was a lot of similarities between his performance as oh, yeah. Mando and yeah. his performance as Joel, because while there were, there's a lot of subtleties in his Mando performance that you, that his face isn't able to emote because he's masked most of the time, but you still get a lot of those feelings through. But, but now with, with the ability to use his face as one of his tools, mm-hmm. You get it even more. Yeah. Um, uh, ironically enough, both uh, Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey were in Game of Thrones. They weren't in it together, yeah. but Bella Ramsey played Lady Mormont. She mm-hmm. answered the call, uh, and <laughs> and uh, and um, Pedro Pascal played Oberyn Martell, who almost oh, took right. down the almost took down the mountain. How did I forget um, that? Yeah. Uh yeah, some maybe you want maybe you blocked it out of your brain. You know what? I blocked out because... most of that show and I'm sorry <laughs> that I blocked out the Pedro Pascal parts because that was yeah. some of the that was some of the best eye candy. Yeah, yes. Well, yeah, uh, and right up until uh, the very right, end. Right. Well, yes. Literally yes. literally and literally eye candy. Yes. <laughs> As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. You've made it this far into this Last of Us season recap. Maybe you haven't seen the show. Why the hell are you listening to the season <laughs> recap? But yeah. if, if you you've do decided, you. right? If you've decided to do so, let me give you a quick recap. So there was uh, in present day uh, United States. There was a. Um, fungus infection due to climate change and it created an apocalypse and now there are infected uh fungus people that are that are infecting the rest of the world and the humanity that is left are stuck in these quarantine zones um and that is where we find joel after meeting him initially with his brother Tommy and Joel's daughter, who is early infected uh, and gets murdered. Uh, we come, we find him 20 years later. He's a mercenary in one of the quarantine zones in Boston. Him and his on-again, off-again love interests, played by Anna Tor- Torv, uh, Tess, uh, are tasked with bringing this young girl who's about 14 or 15 years old named Ellie um, to across the country because she somehow is immune to the bite or being infected um, by, by these, by these mummy, these, these mushroom mummies. Uh, So they're, (laughs) they're going to, they're going to take her across the country and and analyze her blood and see if they can 
you know, figure out a cure. Uh, and uh, Joel reluctantly comes with with Tess to do this to do this task early on, um, barely after they leave Boston. Tess gets bit and she dies and makes makes Joel promise to take Ellie the rest of the way and finish the mission. Uh, and How do you say no to a dying wish? That. You know, like, exactly. You gotta exactly, and he does it, and uh, and 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 then we are along on the ride. It is it is really great. What were some of the standout episodes for you guys? Oh, I think the obvious ones. Uh, <laughs> now I'm going to forget the numbers. <laughs> the obvious episode ones, three? which are right. three. unnamed, <laughs> unnamed. Yeah, episode three, I believe. Uh, yes. the one with, with Nick uh, Offerman. Nick Offerman mm-hmm. and uh, yes. what's his name? The guy from White Lotus. Uh, uh, that, I mean, that's just amazing television. Long, long is time just, is the name of the episode. Long, long time. There you go. Yeah. I should, yeah. if I was any good at this, I would have a, a list up. Uh, incredible episode. Uh, an episode all about, uh, again, love and investment and, and, and what that means, especially in... Well, I mean, the context is the end of the world, but it is almost irrelevant, right? Like the, <laughs> their their connection is their lives, uh, and it means everything to them. And uh, it is one of the most wholesome love stories set against uh, <laughs> marauding mushrooms that I could ever imagine <laughs> being set to film. Uh, that one's great. Obviously, the I like the end a lot. Mm-hmm. Um and I especially like the one that takes a detour into what was uh, DL- uh, DLC's. The, the left, it, left Behind? Left Behind. Yeah. The, it's yeah. a site. Oh, it's called actually Left Behind. It's, yeah, uh, it's called yeah, Left yeah, Behind, DLC. like the DLC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which was amazing, which is, again, uh, Ellie and her friend, whose name I'm going to forget because I'm awful at names. Riley. Riley. Thank you, Riley. Uh, hanging out in the mall. <laughs> and that sounds like a very fun teenage thing to do, but less so in this world. Uh, and uh, I loved it. I loved that part of the game. And I really thought that this it was an incredibly brilliant, brilliant episode. Uh, so I guess the two that sort of break the meter of the show are, are my two standout favorites. Huh. Uh, and then the finale, which I think... Poses, I don't. My position is I don't think it poses the questions people think it poses, but I, I, I think that that ending really sort of uh, wraps up what the show is about. Okay, all right. Well, we'll we'll get to yeah. we'll get to the ending yeah. uh, closer to the end. But uh, in the in the meantime, <laughs> Erica, what what did what were some of your standout episodes? Yeah, I mean. I, I echo pretty much everything that that guy just said. I will say that the uh, the explosion of the um, the it's it's the, the Alberta Legislature Building. <laughs> Let's be <Right>. real. <laughs> uh, like, I mean, on on the Alberta Legislature le- Legislature corner of Twitter, it was the gift that kept on giving because, like, I, I actually saw it before the episode happened, and I was like, you know what? I don't even care that I'm spoiled because I'm going to use this gift forever and ever uh, because it's perfect. Um, but but also, yeah, that was uh, th- I. I did not know what to expect. Like, I remembered very little about the game itself of, of the bits that I had played. So I didn't know what to expect. Like, I was like, holy crap, Anna Torov is here. This is awesome. I'm really yeah. excited because I love Fringe. And, right. uh, yeah, me too. And uh, as Annette said, kind of at the outset of the podcast, like, you never really knew, like, after a while, the stakes were high because you never knew who was going to last. And I really found her 
relationship with Joel and the fact that it was her dying wish that that he continue uh, that was that was just very touching and the fact that you know she stayed behind to like that kind of noble sacrifice to you know cover somebody's rear like for some reason that just always gets me so i really enjoyed um the that episode i think that was episode 2 infected episode um, 2 yeah, yeah episode but 2 just yeah. i i liked that a lot um setting things up and i think episode 3 is just a beautiful standalone piece of art that yeah. uh, anybody who enjoys anything that's like apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic, but spe- specifically apocalyptic, and that's the kind of thing I actually like more than post-apocalyptic. I, I like I like watching the apocalypse happen. I don't know why. Um, and I think that that's a beautiful standalone sort of thing. Uh, talking to Stephen about it, he thought it might have come a little bit early because we hadn't really gotten the rhythm of the show yet uh, to to suddenly take a detour where the the supposed main characters are basically not even in it at all almost um but i kind of liked the fact that it sort of put me on the back foot and was just like oh wow we just took like a complete detour here and it did sort of prime us for the the dlc episode left behind um i I feel like left behind was a little bit more woven into the fabric of the the narrative of the season because it made sense to me that it's you know going back and forth in time um right. not back and forth but it goes back in time and you sort of see the decision making that Ellie is is having at the top of the stairs of the basement um and and why that decision is made because we you know see that that flashback um so i do love the fact that the show is not necessarily just we're going from point a to point b to point c to point d to point firefly like it's it's not that it's it's an exploration of this particular post apocalypse through mostly through the lens of those two characters but not entirely and i think that that's that's important i i so yeah i agree and i look forward to talking about the last episode but yeah that was another thing that was uh that was definitely one of those moments where it was like oh this is not easy to watch but wow <laughs> i can't look away mm-hmm. and and that uh standout episodes for you i'm gonna yes all three of those um in <laughs> fact we did an agent of smooch episode about the last of us focusing on episode three and episode seven, which are the uh, one about Bill and Frank and Ellie and Riley. Um, Because I, and and more of it, but uh, yeah, I also have to say like the whole, I think episode two was the most Edmonton of all of them. (laughs) So (laughs) it it was just like, that was so lovely. And like seeing the legislature and the whole, like the climatic scene take place there and Mm -hmm. being like descended upon. And then like, Anna Torv was just killed off and I did not expect that and I was so like horrified and also delighted because I think when a show gives you real stakes like that uh suddenly it's so I'm so invested I'm so engaged I I don't know what's going to happen next but I think uh I'm going to shout out a different one and say I think it's the um uh, when we are in need is yeah that's the one which is episode eight and I have a thing for cults. I was, uh, I was um, about to finish your sentence with human flesh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, but yeah. it's just like you know I I thought like because I just perhaps don't trust 
any sort of like anyone who's like preaching like sure. that guy at the beginning. So some people were like, oh, it like it was so like utopians. I was like, nope, that nope. guy was up to no good from the first minute. And I was just waiting for things to hit the fan. And so when I was like, oh, yeah, they're totally eating people. Not surprised, <laughs> but also sort of like, yeah. This is great. This is what's going to happen. Someone would do this kind of thing and set up, you know, just it like it just seems that is an outcome that people would come to is they would get very into a, a, a religion or a cult or kind of belief system based on what happened. And it's that's kind of the ultimate. I mean, it's an ultimate pragmatism. Um, but clearly, he's hiding this pragmatism from his group. But it's like, that's a different kind of moral question. Like, what is, you know, is it worth eating human flesh to survive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it's, 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 it was like just an interesting question, but also it's just waiting. That one, it was incredibly tense to me from the beginning because I'm like, that preacher is no good. And yeah. uh, I was not wrong. I mean, you immediately get the sense that this is not faith for the sake of strength, but faith mm -hmm. for, the, for the sake of power. Well, and we got two that completely, sense, but did two everybody? completely different things. Well, I mean, if you're in that situation, like I, I don't know if those people knew knew they were eating humans, but they kind of did. They they kind of did. I they think kinda they kind of did. did. Right? They didn't want to. Yeah. Don't in you don't think right. it too much. Right? Yeah. Right. Well, like yeah. the the cook's like, what is this? What is this? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Venison. That line. Yeah. And it's Venison. like you know she doesn't yeah. actually mm -hmm. believe them, but she just continues cooking. Right. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, the guy. So that guy, James, the guy that says, or was it James? Who cares? Whatever. One of them. Yeah. The, the, well, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll probably get there. He's actually uh, Troy Baker. Troy the guy Baker. That played uh, mm -hmm. Joel in the games. Yeah. So exactly. That was so, that was yeah, fun. So, I'm glad yeah. that they gave some of the uh, the voice actors like yes. parts and like real like good parts with like yeah yeah, and, uh, yeah with, with wanna... some meat on the bones you know right. uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, see what you did there reference acknowledge so I, I yeah I do want to point out uh, there were four actors from the game that were that were also actors in the show um, so Troy Baker played James in episode eight uh, Ashley Johnson who played Ellie uh, in the game played Ellie's mom. Great, amazing uh, Anna, casting. and looked in, exactly in, like her. That was they, uncannily yeah, they, did right. Yeah. So that was that was the thing that I said when. So I had completely forgotten that Bella Ramsey was Lady Mormont. Right? I just mm -hmm. I just looked at her as Ellie. She partially her, I because, remembered from Game of because, Thrones. <laughs> yeah, partially because her American accent was so good that I had I didn't even think that she was British. Duh. Um, and the first thing, right, the first thing that that I looked at when I saw her was how closely she resembled Ashley Johnson, who mm. they, you know, they modeled Ellie after Ashley Johnson uh, in, you know, when they were making when they were making the models for uh, for Ellie in the game. So that was the thing that first struck me. So Ashley Johnson playing her mom seem seemed obvious and natural because they they favor each other so much so that was great to see the see the two of them but also uh Jeffrey Pierce plays uh Perry in the series but in the game he played Tommy Joel's brother 
Uh, mm-hmm. And Sharon Woodward plays Dina in the video game, and she makes uh, a brief appearance as a character named Leah in the games and in the show. So I, I, w- I wanted to point those out. Um, but I, I wanted to also point out, so I want to echo all the things that you guys said about th- the particular episodes that you guys talked about. But I also want to talk about um, Endure and Survive. Mm-hmm. And that was that was the yeah. episode with Henry mm-hmm. and Sam. Um, these were two, yeah. uh, you know, oh, as man. Annette, yeah, as Annette was talking yeah. about characters that you thought were going to be around for a while, th- they weren't necessarily big actors, but, but you really felt like this could be, you know, oh man, maybe these four mm-hmm. can go off and do something together. And, and, you know, and obviously it ended tragically, but, but what an impact, uh, those two characters made on, on Ellie and Joel and me. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so it was great. And then, then the following episode, Kin, uh, I want to, I want to call that one out. Cause you know, we get to uh, Joel actually meets up with his brother and, yeah. and his brother is living in a utopia in the apocalypse. Uh, and it, it just seems like everything, you know, we, we go from one episode endure and survive where there were, there were, you know, there was definitely some stuff bubbling under the surface um, that wasn't so great uh, to Kin, where there didn't really seem to be any of that stuff. It was mm-hmm. just his brother and family there and, and safety there. And, you know, I, I wonder about if it were later in the show or later in uh, Joel's development, if he would have made a different choice in trying to just stay with with Ellie at Tommy's as opposed to trying to finish the mission or trying to convince uh Joel uh convince Tommy to finish the mission for him because he just wasn't capable enough. Um what do you guys think about that? Do you think that he would have made a different decision uh oh, given man. given the decision that he wound up making that we'll talk about next? I you know what? I never even I ne- never even thought about it that way. I had, I did think about those two episodes in that, like, you get Henry and Sam as sort of an, an interesting echo or mirror of of Joel and Ellie because, you know, right. they're they're actually related. Uh, and and, you know, Joel sees Ellie as a, as a daughter figure. And you do think, like you just said, Cicero, that these four together, you know, they could be the dream team. <laughs> they could just right. keep going and it would be it would be amazing. And all of that is happening on this backdrop of Kansas City being an absolute crap show. Like things are things have have gone very poorly there. And then you get to the next episode, Kin, like you mentioned, and the backdrop is much nicer. Like it is this sort of utopia. And yet they have just had to to deal with, um, you know, Henry and Sam and that tragic, holy moly uh, ending that they had. And, you know, I wonder. I don't know if anything would have actually ended up changing what Joel and or Ellie would have done. I really feel like Ellie wanted to see it through to the end. I think that that was that was going to be important to her no matter when it when it was. And I don't think that I don't think that Joel would ever go against what she wants to do. Like, you know, he hasn't come to the point where he's going to openly admit it. But, you know, obviously, obviously he gets there. And uh, and I think that that for her especially after her inability to save Sam with just her blood. I think like that moment she realizes, okay, you know, I'm not magic in and of myself. I need other people to help me 
help other people. So I feel like that moment sort of sealed the deal for her in terms of wanting to to get through to the end. Um, and I, I don't think after seeing this poor kid die, uh, she was ever going to turn away from 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 the the possibility of saving everybody. And I think that eventually Joel would capitulate to whatever Ellie wanted because because he loves her, whether he wants to admit it or not. Kevon Woodward, uh, is the the kid who played Sam, yes, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. actual deaf kid, yep. uh, awesome. oh, okay. inc- did an incredible. Th- yeah, they specifically, uh, I, in fact, I remember on Twitter Craig calling out for deaf actors, and I'm like, wow. what the heck is this about? Like, he, he went, <laughs> they went far and wide to try to find somebody for this role, wow. uh, and this kid nailed it. Uh, yeah. Kevon Woodward, K E I V O N N Woodard, uh, and I'm calling that out because his middle name, as credited in the show, is Montreal. So ah, I, I, mm. I'm digging this kid. I know Man. he's a hockey, I know he's a hockey fan because it, there was pictures of him on Twitter meeting like his favorite hockey player, and I was like, oh, oh wow, that's right. awesome, that's yep. awesome. Uh, yeah, like, so, but, so not not only is he deaf, but and he's his middle name is Montreal, but he's probably also Canadian. Yeah, who knows? Uh, maybe I don't know, Possibly. but I whatever. I, but I think he knocked it out of the park. He's got yeah. no credits besides. Well, he's got a deaf student. It's like from whatever. I, I'm looking at his IMDb now. <laughs> this like to land in HBO and knock it out of the park with like some incredible actors, mm-hmm. uh, and just be completely on their par. This. This kid is amazing, just yeah. amazing. Uh, and I, I honestly don't know how they could have set this up better than uh, like so much hinges on 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 this interaction right between Henry and Sam and sort of the the mirror being put up the the notion that like hey these are effectively two families that can hang out together this is a good thing we're getting a you know we're getting a a gang together. Uh, and I think ultimately that that plays into the decision right away, which is like, well, Henry couldn't take care of Sam and there's no way I can shoot you in the head. Like mm-hmm. Henry couldn't do it. Like in a, a horribly tragic moment, like he has to, well, we're in spoiler town. So yeah, Sam gets yeah, go infected for it. and Henry uh, well, has to. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, uh, yeah, if you're yeah. if you're still listening to this and you haven't watched the show, uh, well, you know. Well, you got yeah. mushrooms for brains. Yeah. That's what right, I'll tell you. Right, there you, you go. There. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Cordyceps. I, yeah, cordy- cordyceps. Uh, yeah, the, like the 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 way that those two characters are played and the portrayal of those two actors is so uh, condensed and and refined. I think they're they're only in really two episodes, but it sets up the decision that Ellie and subsequently and, and Joel make, right? Which is Joel is like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I can't bring myself to lose you, and I'm certainly not going to shoot you in the head mm-hmm. if I need to, and I. I the the story of Henry and Sam is sort of uh, kind of almost plays out what happens w- between uh, Joel and his daughter, and yeah. it's too much. But on the flip side, it reinvigorates uh, uh, Ellie's need really to see this thing through. Right, like she needs it to make some sense at that point. Like she needs her blood to have been magic, and that childlike hopefulness that like she can just rub some of her blood on his bite it's going to make things better she's not an adult she's not thinking 
completely clearly. She's still young, despite the fact that she's uh, had to grow up far, 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 far faster than anybody should be expected to. So she's aware of life and death circumstances and all that, but still has a childlike hope that that is wonderful and something to be protected. And I think ultimately that's kind of what turns Joel around is like, he can't, he, he trusts Tommy to do a better job, Mm -hmm. but he can't abandon her. Yep. My, in my head, I'm like, why can't you both go? This is really important. Mm-hmm. That three right. people doesn't seem like it's that much more dangerous than two. Well, uh, because NPCs on computer games stink, and <laughs> right. so that's why. I don't know. AI, I don't know. AI Half AI that time should have just right. saddled up and rode. Like that's what right. should have happened. But yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's that was honestly that was like my one plot complaint. Really, of the it whole didn't show. Make sense. Don't. Yeah. yeah. Don't think that's, about it. Too that's. Much. The, yeah. yeah, that's the that's the wall jump slash air jump right. video right. game. Right. Exactly. It, has, that, it, just, yes. it has to happen. It just has there to be that go. way, and that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking speaking of video game effects, we're, let's let's get to the end and and talk about it. So we 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 get a great uh, flashback in the form of the Left Behind DLC in the form of the episode Left Behind, where we find uh, Ellie with her friend Riley. Um, who is told who's told her she's a firefly and is about to ship out and they have they spend a wonderful evening in in a mall uh and oh, that in mall. that mall yeah <laughs> in that mall they they play a bunch of games they play a bunch of uh arcade games they go on a a, a fair on a merry-go-round oh a merry-go-round all... that plays just like heaven like right. where is that merry-go-round <laughs> yeah. i need it <laughs> and, yeah and and they run into <laughs> they run into an infected and uh we we find the end of riley and ellie uh presumably because riley and ellie are both bitten by that infected before they're able to kill them. They're both sitting there trying to figure out uh, whether this is the end for them. We cut from that. We, of course, know that Ellie is immune, um, but we know that Riley is gone and that Riley was eventually killed by by Ellie as as a mercy death. Uh, And then we move forward to... Uh, finding the the cannibals and 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 Joel finds Ellie fr- in the in the fire of the of the 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 mess hall of the cannibal cult uh, and they get away. They finally make their way to the hospital where the fireflies and uh, Marlene are waiting for them. We also find out that. Uh, that Marlene knew Ellie at birth uh, and that Marlene or that Ellie's mom, Anna was Marlene's best friend. They grew up as children and on her, as she was giving birth, she was bitten by an infected and she used the knife. She used the knife that she killed the infected with to cut her, to cut the umbilical cord, uh, which probably had some infected blood on it and got into uh got into Ellie's bloodstream and that is why Ellie has that immunity and uh Anna tells Marlene to protect her baby to get the baby away and to promise and to kill her uh and Marlene does all of those things 
But then we get to the hospital only to find out that Marlene now wants to kill Ellie uh, because that is the only way they can synthesize a cure for everyone. Uh, and Joel, upon hearing this, goes all video game end level on everybody, <laughs> and he murders all of the fireflies. Um, somehow we get to see how ruthless um, he he can be. Now we had we had already seen seen that before in in several scenes of torture as he was trying to figure out exactly where they need to go or or who had taken now his adopted uh, surrogate daughter uh, and Ellie. Um, but now that he knew that she was about to die, um, he 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 killed them all to save her uh, and or all of them except for two nurses. Uh, whom, whom just had to turn around. Uh, so my question to everyone is, of course, uh, he he takes them out. He or he, he takes them out. He he rescues Ellie. He kills Marlene, uh, and then he lies to Ellie about what happened. Told her that there were um, several kids that had immunity, and that they were going to synthesize a cure from all of them. But it, they tried; it didn't work, and they just gave up trying. And now they're going to go off and do whatever it is, Ellie and Joel, do whatever it is that that they're going to do. Um, so my question to you guys are, is is twofold. One, did you agree with the ending? You know, the ending was controversial. Is you know, it was controversial in 2013. It's controversial in 2023. I think we're all universal in in the opinion that Joel did. He saved her out of his love for her, but. I question whether or not he saved her out of love for himself because he couldn't deal with the thought of her dying and that he would have, we, we learned that he once tried to kill himself, like we, you know, Henry, where Henry shot himself in the head, Joel tried to shoot himself in the head and, and missed. Uh, and he tells the story to Ellie and he, and he tells Ellie that the reason he doesn't want to do that again is because of her, uh, or at least intimates that. Do you think that his motivation was to help Ellie, Annette, or was it to help himself? I think he's trying to avoid, like you said, the the repeat of losing his daughter. He can't lose another daughter in much the same way. I think... It parallels because his daughter was killed sort of for no reason. And I am not convinced that scientifically killing Ellie right out the gate, like five minutes after you get her, is like even a strategic move for the science of it. I'm like, why would you kill the only living immune person? It like that to me is a plot hole. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. So that seems like a bad thing. So I actually feel like it was sort of... I'm on Jill's side. I'm like, why are you killing her? That makes no sense to me. Even if you are looking for a cure, I don't think you have the best interest. Well, obviously not of Ellie, um, but it's a also, long shot. Yeah, it's a like it's one mm -hmm. long shot, and you 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 
in doing that, you eliminate all other things you could experiment, even just from taking blood or tissue or whatever. Although, honestly, Science... I will say that in my head canon, and I, this is not a plot hole, this is just a thing that I wonder if it's happening on the side. Like, do they have like an entire building of pregnant women lined up somewhere that right. are all about to be like bit at the moment <laughs> that they give birth and we're sacrificing all of these pregnant ladies in order to try to recreate what Ellie is to try to deter, like learn more about it because if they're ruthless enough to kill this girl because cordyceps apparently grows in the brain and the the only reason she survived is because it grew along with her and saw more cordyceps as just more of her and and yeah the idea that they're just willing to throw it all away on a long shot is I think it's believable, but the the I was talking to a friend, uh, listener Kit, hi Kit, uh, who was like, "Why on earth would Marlene tell Joel this before it's actually happened? Like you are, you she yeah. seemed she seemed legitimately almost mad at him for being able to get through. Whereas you know, how did you do it? How did you get here? I had five men, and like they almost all died. And and my my thought was she's a little bit angry at him for getting getting Ellie there because. Ellie's the daughter of her best friend. And because they showed up, she has to make that decision to throw away right. Ellie's life on this long shot chance. And because Joel got her there safely, she now has to make this horrible decision about her her best friend's daughter again. And and she makes that decision. And uh, and yeah, anyway, I agree with you, uh, Annette, that I think it's it's yeah, he can't stand to lose his his daughter again. And, you know, whether whether you want to read that as he's being selfish or he's doing it for her, I think I think it's all the same thing. <laughs> mm. uh, Guy, what do you what do you think? Was he being selfish or was he being uh, just a great dad? I completely agree with everything that's just been said. I really do. I want so I mean that's like the bigger question there is what is love? Is it selfishness? Like is that it? I don't know. Uh not always. Hopefully not. It's it's a bigger than who you are and and hopefully encompasses a lot more than just one or two or more people. At the same time, uh so I think that she was underscoring how hard it was for him to get there. For two reasons. A, you know, what Erica was saying. And B, uh, to remind the audience that this guy is a very dangerous yes. man. Yes. Right. Very, very dangerous. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I do not want to be in debt to you. Right. Uh, right. And I think she's trying to diffuse the situation as much as possible. Like, look, up front, here's what's happening. She's not going to be in any pain. We didn't scare her at all. We're going we're gonna to scoop her brain out. Uh, dumb plan. And I think that's... It's dumb. It's dumb on any number of levels. Like, I don't know. Take blood tests and then put cordyceps on the blood and see what happens. Seems <laughs> seems like exactly. a decent seems like a decent first step to me. Start and if else. you can Yeah, if you can start with like a like a microscope from a high school and like yes. some blood and so, you you can probably do a better thing than like, hey, let's scoop a young woman's brains all out. The, all the done. centrifuges yeah. have been uh, all the centrifuges have been destroyed. Ah. I'll spin in a circle real quick, man. I don't know what to tell Tied you. Like to get a string, dizzy. baby. Right. Yeah, so, just dizzy. say the same thing. Get dizzy <laughs> on an office chair. Do something. Like there's a better way to do this, right? But uh, that's besides the point because what I think actually happens here is uh and this kind of goes to what I was alluding to earlier is that uh the cordyceps, uh, the mushrooms, the the fungus is not love, but the show is all about love, and and the mm -hmm. the, the cordyceps are the, the metaphor for that. And uh, love has crept along 
so much that even into the hardened, most hardened heart of our protagonist, Joel, it has crept in and made him do horrible and awful things. And I think that that's kind of what the end of the show is about, right? It's like he didn't hesitate to shoot that surgeon, not even a little bit. Mm -hmm. He just went into a murderous rage. And well, he's he very, he very good at it. He told him that he told him what to do, and the surgeon said, "Didn't do it." Decided, so shut up. He de- yeah, he decided yeah. to grab a scalpel. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, I I agree. Uh, I'll I'll get back to what I did in the game at that point, but right. <laughs> uh, but uh, I I really do think that Joel has become so infected with love that he is now a murderous killing machine, willing to use the, exert his power in order to achieve his his love, like maintain his love. Uh, and I, I I think that's kind of what the show is about. It's not like, did Joel do the good thing or the right thing based on... It's not a trolley problem so much as a, like a, this is the ultimate outcome. We are left questioning whether or not any action is ultimately good because it's to save and help somebody we love or bad because it hurts other people. There's no answer. I don't think there is an answer. And I explicitly think that it's left up in the air like the very last word that's spoken on screen is okay (laughs) because you know she doesn't really believe him and you know he's Mm -hmm. lying to try to make it right Right. and there's a they've got character motivations for each of them like she wants her life to mean something he wants her to be his to have a life to have a life and yeah like I, I don't even think he needs her to like him so much as he needs her to go survive and, and right, like su- right. thr- to survive and endure. That's what he wants yeah. for her. Yeah. That's the thing. Right. And and it yeah. and it's killing him. And it's like I will I will be the sin eater. I will do the bad thing, and you could hate me for it, but I'm going to lie to you so that you feel better about things, and I will try to set you up as best as I possibly can to have a great life. And that doesn't mean getting your brain scooped out. And I'm not sitting in front of like a, a spreadsheet doing the numbers on this. And I'm very, very, very good at killing people, turns out. <laughs> uh, so I liked it a lot. Now, in the game, I refused to shoot that doctor. Okay. I wouldn't do it. It was like, he's not moving towards me. Can I take, like, I, I walked up to the, like, I bumped into the, to the mesh for the bed. I bumped into the nurses. I went all around. I'm like, somebody give me an action button on something. Like, let me just pick <laughs> this girl up and take her. Nothing happens until you shoot that doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not like that, but I got it after I saw the ending. I'm like, oh, now that's why you made me do that, right? Like, you you were kind of hoping to boil my blood enough to, to get to that, but I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. just because. I mean, I can... Know. I, I like the fact that he goes for the, the scalpel in the show because it makes he it did, all... He did in the game, too. Yeah. Did he? Okay. Um, but yeah. then he doesn't actually come at you, <laughs> like, even if you walk up to him? Like, no. I think he's just holding... Uh, maybe somebody's going to... Uh, there's no fight. You can't fight that guy. Yeah. And he's I mean, just there. And, and there's also the, the whole, like... And I don't know necessarily know that Joel is doing this calculus in his head in the moment, but as long as the surgeon is alive to do this to Ellie, they'll still potentially be looking for her. So, right. you know, there might have been a, you know, right. either conscious or subconscious thought that like, you know, one way or the, the other, I kind of need to to do away with this guy because he's always going to be a threat. Well, I mean, he's their guy. He's their scientist guy, right? Like if yep. you shoot him in the head and blow his brains out, well... <laughs> 
now I mean, maybe they have another one, but we don't know. And Joel doesn't right. know. Right. <laughs> Joel yeah, doesn't but, know Because right. he, he does not murder the two nurses, which... And yep. I'm, I'm using the word murder here. Like, it, he's killed plenty of people, but, like, this is murder, right? There's a lot of murder going on. Um, <laughs> and uh, he does, so he doesn't kill them. So, okay, that's boss, good. Man. Well, yeah, because, I mean, that would be irredeemable, right? You can, in the game, kill them. I, I didn't know that until somebody said that after. I'm like, why would you, uh, why would you even do that? Anyway, apparently you can. Uh, it's the Marlene thing also. It's like, well... You're just going to come after us, so I got to kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a determination and, a, and a, uh, such a purpose. It is the hardened heart driven by love. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's weird. Like, he becomes as twisted as one of the creatures. That yeah, but I mean, I, I can totally picture him killing this many people earlier in this series as, as, 100%. as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily yeah, yeah. think that love right. makes him... It twists him any more than he's already twisted. I think it's just this particular situation that he's in. I don't think he would have bothered to to do any of this if it wasn't for the love of 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 Ellie. Right, right. So yes, yeah, I, yeah, I think I think yeah. he's I think he's unbothered by the murder that he has to do now. Whereas, well, you see it on his face, right, Pedro right. Pascal? That he's just he goes dead face. The music right. is. This is not an action sequence. This is right. uh this is a fall from grace sort of right. like right. score, well, the, right? Like this, is, this yeah. is not good. Yeah. Well, and, and and you know, but I mean, we've we we have that conversation earlier in the season with, between him and his brother about who they were as as people uh in the in the last 20 years um and that there is some regret over some of the decisions that they've had to make. Uh, but I don't think that he had that same level of regret in the decisions that he had to make when he was off to save Ellie. One thing oh, that no, I do want to, yeah, yeah, one thing that I do want to point out uh, in terms of something that you that you've already mentioned, guy, about uh, being infected by love. I, I think Marlene mm-hmm. was was under the false impression that she loved Ellie more than anyone else, right? Mm-hmm. Because and and that she was making. The, the toughest decision. And I think, you know, whoever called it out before, I think was was right in, in saying that she was kind of upset, that Marlene was kind of upset that Joel made it this far because now yeah. she has to make, make this decision of killing uh, effectively her goddaughter, right? It was a mm-hmm. best friend's daughter. This is, you know, uh, she, she held her. She was the only other person to hold her on the day that she was born. Um, and uh, she went off and, and now she's got to kill this girl who this little girl who she told her mother, her best friend, that she was going to keep her alive. Um, but wait, what's and, her what's her love motivation? Like, let's just assign well, every character a love motivation, just right. for the well, sake her, of her. Her, her love her yeah. love motivation is, you know, if if the if she had undying love for her best friend, you would assume that that undying love mm-hmm. transferred to her best friend's daughter, sure. Ellie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now, what Marlene has. What she believes at her core is that the only way to save all of humanity is to sacrifice her best friend's daughter. Right. Whom she promised before fulfilling the other uh, requests that her best friend made of her of killing her, of killing Anna, was to preserve the life of of Ellie, her daughter, who she who she named. Um, Mm -hmm. And now that she's got to break this promise 
for the most noble of reasons. It's a ruthless thing that she has to do, but it's for the most magnanimous of reasons. In she, her she's trying to love everyone. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think, right. Has, yeah. I think she has, I think she has 100% convinced herself that this will yes. work and that this yes. is I the only way. I think you have to way. until you, you have strap, to. Right. Yeah. right. Before you strap a kid to an operating right. system. Right. Well, you, you have you to. It. You'd think. You well, have to. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we, so we, we get out of the hospital. Ellie, Ellie is uh, asleep in the in the vehicle. Uh, Joel is reflecting on the fact that he just murdered everyone in the hospital, um, except for the two nurses. Uh, unless you, <laughs> unless you were playing uh, with one of guys as one of guys' friends in the, in it's the, not one of my friends. Uh, maybe it is a friend. I don't know. I don't want anything to do with that. I really don't. I mean, That's most not, of the, uh, the, the rest of the people yeah. were trying to kill him. So like those right. nurses yes. were not. That's the difference. Yes. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so Ellie, they they get to that very iconic end scene where you're you're kind of overlooking a vista uh, at the top of a hill. And Ellie looks at Joel and says, hey, what kind of meat is this? And he says, <laughs> venison. <laughs> and she says, OK. OK. <laughs> um, and we fade to black. Uh, so. Here we are. It's the end of the series. Um, are you guys happy with the fact that it was nine episodes as opposed to ten? Would do you think a tenth episode would have made it uh, would have fleshed the, the stories out a little bit more? Or are you are you perfectly fine with where it is and are have full throated endorsements to any of your friends to to watching this show? Guy, I think I already know your answer, but please go ahead and enlighten us. Oh, I was going to go last, uh, but I'll go first. I, so here's the thing. I think it's perfect. I think it's tight. I I think if they knew what kind of a hit this would have been, it would have been like the first game would have been stretched out for two seasons. Let's say we could we could double it. Uh, I don't necessarily need more zombies because that's not what I mean. Sure. Whatever. Have more zombie fights. But uh like the the dumb superhero show that we do, Biff. Uh, we just delight everything with like fight, fight, fight. Like, what are you gonna? Who cares? It's a fight. Like, you did you defeat the zombies? You did fine. Did you learn anything about it emotionally as a character? That's what matters. And I think we used the zombies in this case. Oh, the infected. Uh, to tell the story as much as needed, and the story was not focused upon. The mycelial blood count levels of various people <laughs> like that was it was not that type of show. It was a show about love, and I think it did a great job of that. Do I need more episodes? I don't think so. I actually, uh, when Jason said we were doing this, I, I, I plan to rewatch the whole thing, and I watched two episodes. I'm like, this is just emotionally too much for me oh, God. <laughs> like, i like doing podcasts and talking to all of you but uh not enough to actually make me we don't very want you sad. to sacrifice your mental health no. in order to yeah do very being very sad emotionally is like not a great place to be um i think they nailed it uh my understanding is that the last of us part two will be split into two seasons so we'll get three seasons of the show that's kind of what i read i, I don't have any I can't, I don't have a link for that, but that's kind of my understanding. I've heard that as well. I know yeah. for sure that like they, they renewed it for a second season, just like a couple of episodes in. Um, so I don't know for sure if they've officially announced a third season, but I've heard those whisperings as well. 
Yeah, I, I know HBO and HBO Max, and there's a whole one of there's all mm-hmm. kinds of chaos going on there. But I mean, I think if you watch the first ten minutes of like episode one, uh, I would sign the check for another yep. one. Like, yep. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I, there's, yeah. I think there's, there's a, there are a lot of shows in flux on HBO Max. I don't think that The Last of Us is one of those shows that has no. anything to worry about. It, it uh, was Eric, a phenomenal hit too. Like, I think yes. it, it had huge ratings, huge viewership. So. Why would you cut that? Mm-hmm. And honestly, okay. Uh, so do you know? Do you know what I hear is is they're doing a Funko Pop of Baby Yoga, but but he's but he's but he's infected, infected right. Baby Yoga, uh, infected Baby Yoga. Uh, you know but sad. The fact the fact that there is going to be a season two. Uh, means like I I feel like I might actually get viscerally angry if they do an episode ten. Like uh, oh, really? after yeah, well, I mean, if, if I have they, faith. If, have they, faith. if they throw something in between this and season two, I mean, who knows? Maybe it would just be the beginning of the second game or something, which I think would be dumb. I think you should save yeah. that for the second season. Uh, I honestly do not care about how many episodes a show is. I want it to be right. as many episodes as needed to tell the story in the way that the storytellers want to tell the story. So I don't need a round number. I don't need double digits. Nine is perfectly nine is a much more elegant number than 10 is anyway it's three times three mm-hmm. it's just like you know <laughs> uh, if you want to get into it like numbers wise then sure nine's better than 10 but uh but uh, <laughs> for me it's more important that the the story tell uh, the, the the show tell the story that it's trying to tell and i think it did a fantastic job of mm-hmm. it i feel like if for some reason they had ordered 10 episodes i would rather that they beef up something else somewhere or add something in the middle i Honestly, I don't want to see anything else. I know, like, I know that the show ended where the game ended because I watched right. <laughs> Stephen play a bunch of the game and he told me about it. Yeah. Um, so I don't really want anything else until we actually kick off the next season. Um, I, but, but you know what? The the people who made this show did such a fantastic job that there's also a part of me that has faith that, like, okay, if you tack on an episode mm-hmm. ten, it's it's probably going to be something that I won't be mad at, but I will be mad when I hear that there's an episode 10 and then I will watch it and I will be less mad. <laughs> Annette, what are, what are your feelings on uh, episode 10 and the season overall? Well, it, I, I think it would depend on what they're going to do with it. I mean, I'm fine waiting. It just feels like the pacing of what they've done. I don't think I'd would have want them to expand anything because the breaks Mm -hmm. are so like all the episodes feel very self-contained and complete even though there are like some cliffhangers and carryovers and pieces like that but they feel complete um they feel like they all have a different story when we did our agents of smooch episode sarah said each episode kind of brings out a different aspect of love Mm -hmm. um and i'm like yeah it's like different kinds of family love um, twisted love in some cases, romantic love, you know, so it's just different aspects and it's like different chapters. I, I don't, I don't know how you'd break it differently. I, I'm happy with it. So I don't, I'm fine waiting. I like, I want the next season to start immediately, but I know that that's not happening. So we'll just be patient. Well, uh, yeah. And, and 
we will be patient as we wait a couple of years. It, it seems like uh, for the for the next season. Not, uh, not and, if you've played the second game, I imagine. Right? No, I, no, no. But no, I will I have. have I, I'm going to tell okay. Stephen to uh, to just keep me up to date as he plays through it. So I will there be fully spoiled for for the next season. Yes, I'm going to try go. to remain unspoiled, but like whatever. I'll tell Stephen not to talk about it in front of you. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, and until we get to the guitar serenades of last of us part two and nice. last of Us season two um i will say i am cicero holmes and along with my panel uh, i want to thank you for listening to the last of Us season one recaps from the incomparable so uh guy english um will save you from having to be on janitorial or sewer duty thank you very much <laughs> Wow, I didn't realize I'd performed so poorly, but <laughs> thank you, <laughs> I guess. That's nice. Uh, Annette Wister, uh, what are the button combinations for fatalities? Uh, one, seven, five, four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, Erica Ensign, thank you. And uh, I will allow you to replay the gif of the building being exploded over and over <laughs> and over again. Uh, yeah, in the real world, my work building is standing and I have to go back there tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, but in the play world, it is uh, your tower has fallen and so has this episode. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye.